Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hang on to your balls. It's time for the Horror Hangout Podcast. Welcome to the Horror Hangout, the podcast where two bearded film fans watch the 50 best horror movies ever, and then we talk about them. My name is Luke Condor with a K, and I'm joined by my regular co-host, Mr. <coughs> Mr. Ben Arrington. Mr. Ben Arrington. How's it going, man? You right? How are you feeling? Yeah. We've had a couple of weeks off. We're either we being fresh or rusty. I'm not Slacking. Sure yet. Yeah. Fresh and rusty. Bit of both. Fr- frusty. Uh, I do feel a bit frusty around the edges. I always, I always feel frusty. Yeah. Every day, every day of my life. Yeah, you should clean that off. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, man. What have you been up to? What have uh, for the past fortnight? You've been yeah, ill. So You've been unwell. I, I I did get unwell, and I was out of action for like a whole week. I was bedridden and then sofa ridden. Yeah. Um, and I think I'm finally coming back to it. And people go, "Oh, it's a change of temperature that gets you." Change of temperature. I'm thinking, I'm not an elderly man. You know, I should, I should, my, you my immune system. You can't take a slight shift in temperature. My immune system is 30 years old, you know, it should become, yeah. at least become accustomed to how the seasons work in the UK. Or maybe that's not how it works. Maybe, yeah, yeah. Maybe just get, you maybe just getting worse as you get older. I, I turn 30 next year, so I'm not looking forward to my body no longer being able to weather the weather. <laughs> that happens uh, yeah. immediately as soon as you turn 30. Okay, yeah, I look look forward to that. Um, okay, man, yeah, other horror guff. Have you seen any cool stuff? Um, I I did see Mother, Mother. Yes. Uh, well, you, well, you did as well. Um, I don't know if we're lumping that in with horror though. Obviously, that's a very it's a psychological. Uh, this is very difficult to describe. Yeah. Psych psychological. Art fuck house. fest. No, not fuck fest. That's, fuck that's, fest. That's, I, 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 I didn't mean that. Like something else. Yeah. <laughs> what did you psychological. Watch? Mother, oh, did you watch Mother? I'd like to, you know, you watched the wrong I, one, I think. I, I, I watched the wrong one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, what, yeah, what did you I think also, it? I thought it was, um, I think, giving it some thought, I think it was pretty good. I mean, it's, it's completely out there. It's a very risky film. It's completely laden with metaphor, and, you know, there's so many different layers to it. You can probably see it in certain ways. Yeah. Visually, visually, I think it's pretty much, 
I mean, it's amazing. I thought. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Performances are good. Sound design was like intense. Sound design was like I don't know if it's the screen I was in was it's incredibly loud, but yeah. it was really really unnerving. Um, yeah. But yeah, for a film that kind of from a trailer, it kind of was advertised as a bit of a horror film, possibly. Yeah, well, it's I mean, that, it's, um, it's I mean, that it's Rosemary's. That. I think the, the main the main thing I think I've seen people have issue with was the poster, where, which was Rosemary's Baby, but like a modern take yeah. on it. And it's yeah, it's, it's it's not that film at all. No, 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 not not one little bit. Yeah, uh, yeah, I saw that. Have you seen anything else? What have you seen? Uh, well, so I figured it's October now. <coughs> a lot of people are doing uh, what they call Hooptober, which is like yeah. um, like I'm watching a horror film every single night for the thirty. 31 days it was the 31 days in october i always get yeah. that wrong <laughs> okay in the 31 <laughs> days in october i can't um i can't uh, commit to that but i'm trying to so on the first i watched bubba hotep which is um oh. a joe lansdale short story directed by don coscarelli who did uh the phantasm films is have you seen yeah. bubba hotep uh yeah but i've got a long time ago around around about when it was released i think yeah i mean it's... I, remember, I remember nothing about it it's amazing in the the aspect that the, the side of it where it's it's Bruce Campbell playing like an aged Elvis and Ozzy Davis playing JFK who's like been uh, had like his skin bleached <laughs> yeah. to sort of hide it like those those parts are really like so amazing but then like the other bits with the mummy the actual Bubba Hotep in the story were kind of like super low I, I could tell like it's kind of like budget um but I could kind of, I don't know, it seemed a little bit lazy. I would have kind of liked to see a bit more with the big fight scene at the end. Like they literally just set him on fire and then, and then he's then he's dead. But um, it's really it's a really fun fun film. And um, I, I'd watch Bruce Campbell in anything. I think. He's yeah, so, he's so yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, um, oh, sorry, go on. <laughs> I'm just thinking about something else. I saw. Sorry. Go on. Um, go on. I saw I saw a film called Prevenge. Oh yeah, uh, Alice Lowe. Yeah, is it any good? With, with, with Alice Lowe, written and directed by Alice Lowe, sort of yeah. a very, very dark, sort of black comedy where she's yeah. hearing voices from her pregnant baby. Uh, it's got like the who's who of uh, uh, recognizable British comedy faces. You don't know their name. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, uh, but yeah, it was, it was, it was pretty good. I enjoyed it. It was, uh, it was incredibly dark, uh, funny as well and yeah. uh just just a little bit just a little out there very murdery you know yeah alice Lowe, she wrote that um and like it was made like within like a really short space of time because i think she got the green light for it while she was pregnant and she had to finish the yeah entire thing while she, she was pregnant. seems quite seems quite heavily pregnant oh yeah she yeah i think she's super pregnant i think yeah. i've developed i've developed quite a large crush on alice Lowe now not because of the because pregnancy of the thing. pregnancy okay i said <laughs> not I said, not, not oh, because of the pregnancy thing. The, the murder, then. Definitely the murder. because of the pregnancy thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm revealing yeah. too much about myself already. Yeah. yeah. Just several minutes into this podcast, and uh, I try <laughs> to keep myself closed off most of the yeah. time. Yeah. Um. So, would you recommend it? Is it good? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's good. I do want to watch that at some point. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Get oh. it down down your neck. And I watched um, last night. I forced Cat to watch a film called Ginger Snaps. Have you seen Ginger Snaps? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it really, yeah. Um, it really was very good. I mean, um, uh, I ju- I d- so maybe bad. it was good, but maybe it's just dated in the worst way. It's like very late nineties. Like it's, it came out <laughs> in, the year t- in the year two thousand, but it feels very late nineties. And it's got, I don't know what it is. It's just 
every like little weird nineties, late nineties cliches in there, um, and it's just not aged well at all. Oh. But I guess the like, the last, the final like act was pretty pretty thrilling, with the whole werewolf actually like comes out and, and stuff. But uh, yeah, um, <coughs> that's my Hooptober so far. And then tonight, I don't know, I don't know. We'll have to see. Yeah, I've made a li- I've made a list of a few things. I'm going to watch In the Mouth of Madness based on oh, your really like that. Yeah, yeah, recommendation. And I've kind of yeah. got I've got hold of a few more John Carpenter films. John Carpenter films I've never seen, like Black Rain and oh, stuff like that. Uh, what's it called? Black. Ah, uh, sorry, Black. no, no, no. Um, I've I've got a few got hold of a few John Carpenter films and Black Rain. That's what yeah, I meant. Sorry, right, okay. Black Rain, which is Ridley Scott directed, uh, not a horror film with Michael Douglas, sort of in Japan. Yeah. Um, yeah, just because I I was listening to the soundtrack the other day and it's uh, insane. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I'm gonna watch a non-horror film in October as well. Wow. Yeah. Well, I, don't know, I think wow. after after Ginger Snaps, Cat uh, might want to not watch a horror film tonight. She didn't enjoy it. Oh. <laughs> but uh, that's, yeah, that's a shame. Okay, so uh, so tonight's feature presentation, we're talking about um, we were gonna do you the Omen, but we figured Gerald's games just come out. I think I think I, I quite enjoyed it. I don't know if, if you enjoyed it yet. We'll have to talk about it in the show. But um, well, it, was, yeah. it, it was worth talking about anyway on the show. And um, yeah, so came out on Netflix last Friday, I think. Yeah. It's um, based on a Stephen King book, as are, as are all films from now on. And, <laughs> yeah. Um... <laughs> are, what are you watching? Oh, it's this new film that's come out. Is it based on a Stephen King book? No. Get <laughs> it. No way. I don't want to know. Yeah, no one. I mean, how many? It's been like four or five things that have come out from Stephen King this year. How is that? Also, like three things so close as well. Like, how has that happened? Yeah. I don't know. I think um, it's his 70th birthday this year as well. So maybe everyone was trying to get in on that action. <laughs> yeah. That 70th, birth, 70th in, birthday magic. In on the hot 70th birthday action. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so Gerald's game, it's got um, a 90% fresh <laughs> on Rotten Tomatoes. Chris Stuckman gave it an A, or an A minus. Of course he did. Seven out of ten on IMDb. Just we haven't got like a, an Empire magazine thing for it, but I've just picked out a couple of the Rotten Tomatoes reviews. Um, As a renewed wave of interest in Stephen King continues to crash on our cinematic shores, we can only hope that future adapters and adaptations will be so well matched. Uh, another one: Gerald's Game is an excellent piece of cinema and proves that story and performance can overcome even the most unfilmable source material. So, um, have you you haven't you read the book? You haven't read the book? You've heard of it? What what's going on there in your um, life? I haven't actually read the book. I recently purchased the book, um, and I've added it to the big pile of to read books. Yeah. Um, but I kind of like read up a little bit on the story. Not like ruined. Not no, no spoilers or anything before the film came out. For just wait for the film. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I thought it was. Uh, I thought it was pretty good. I can yeah. understand why people would say it was unfilmable. I can imagine that a lot of stuff gets elaborated on massively in the book. Yeah. Um, do you want me to read the synopsis? Um, yeah, yeah, I can do. Yeah, yeah, you've got it there. <clears throat> okay. So Gerald's Game is a 2017 American survival horror film directed and edited by Mike Flanagan and written by Jeff Howard and Mike Flanagan. Bad sentence there. Uh, it is based on <laughs> Stephen King's novel of the same name. The film stars Carla Gugino and Bruce Greenwood. Uh, so while trying to spice up their marriage in a remote lake house, Jessie must fight to survive when her husband dies unexpectedly, leaving her handcuffed to their bed frame. Well, wow. Lovely. Yeah, so Mike Flanagan is um, <clears throat> a director I really kind of like now. I mean, I really liked Hush 
And that was made in the same model. So it was like a small, straight to Netflix, just like a small set piece, uh, a reasonable budget. Um, I don't know. It seems to be like a bit of a, a director <clears throat> to watch. I mean, yeah. what did you what did you think to the to the film in general? What's your initial thoughts? Did you enjoy it? I've not actually seen any of Mike Flanagan's films, so I've not seen Hush. I've not seen. Is it Oculus? Yeah, I watched that once. I didn't really um, think too much of it, but apparently it's worth a rewatch. I think I kind of lumped it in with like Ouija and you know those sort of things. Apparently, yeah. it's, apparently it's more than that, and I just didn't pick <clears> up on it. Yeah, but I think. I mean, essentially, this is kind of like a captivity thriller slash with horror elements, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and I think I've always, I've always really like captivity thrillers. A lot of people obviously kind of think films that are shot in one location are a bit lame and they kind of expect more. But I've kind of always yeah. found them really good, quite tense. Yeah. Um, and this was kind of no different. Um, obviously, I've got nothing to compare it to because I haven't read the book. Mm-hmm. But from everything on screen... I thought it was pretty ace and all the extra additional little bits or little supernatural and <clears throat> visions and voices yeah. and stuff was all pretty good. All sort of heightened the the tension. But I guess yeah. it's just one of, the, one of those films where you constantly go, why don't you do this? Why can't yeah. you do this? And I just kept thinking with the handcuffs that she's been handcuffed with, Jesus Christ, her husband's really gone to town with making sure he's got the legitimate she's not getting it get, getting anywhere yeah, so, yeah. Oh, can you just get some little kinky ones with like frilly pink on them or something yeah, <laughs> yeah. No. like these plastic, are what these... like yeah plastic chain links yeah no these are these are heavy duty <laughs> these are heavy duty he's got yeah. this from a police officer he's got them from a jail cell yeah yeah but then again like it maybe it wouldn't be as sexy for the for them to be snappable do you know what i mean like he needs to i didn't yeah. i didn't find it sexy one bit i mean and currently well, no currently, i don't know <laughs> lady yeah um, but i didn't fancy i didn't uh, before the heart attack and after the yeah. heart attack and during the gory bits yeah i wasn't the horny one iota <laughs> <laughs> yeah no me neither to be fair oh um, well, something's wrong with us we need yeah. to get checked right <laughs> uh, so wrong with us. i've got to say this this film so i have read it but i read it actually mm, finished it maybe a month ago and it's um it's a near perfect adaptation <laughs> For better or worse, like by near perfect, you mean like it's it's almost like an identical book to try. Uh, yeah, to. I mean everything's translated like pretty much spot on or streamlined to to get yeah. everything from the book into the novel. So I mean into the film. So for example, like the main change is that in the book she doesn't see Gerald get back up and she doesn't hallucinate herself. She hallucinates all these people she's met through her life, and it's about and like there's also like different various voices that she doesn't know who who's coming from, and it's kind of like um, that bit. She hallucinates like about six or more people, I think it is, and uh, whereas this is just her and her husband, and they sort of act as that role. But it works kind of kind of better. It's a bit more streamlined. It's a bit makes a bit more sense. Um, yeah. But other than that, like it's pretty much like it's pretty much identical. I think from what I can remember. Yeah, I mean, it's always difficult when when that sort of happens with a book. Because I mean, just an example: girl, of, the girl of all the gifts, which was last year, was that last yeah, year? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was like an adaptation which was almost play by play, exactly the same as the book. Yeah, and it worked, but it's always one of those things. It's very unexpected. I think I never ever expect when you've read a book, you kind of expect to see a certain version of it on screen. Yeah, when it's so similar that almost every beat and every it's almost it plays out exactly the same way. It can be quite disappointing. So I mean, I don't know how you feel about that. 
considering well, you've read the book. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I, um, you definitely picture it in a certain way in your head. And if if it's if it's adapted if it's adapted like this, where it's so um, sticking <coughs> to the sticking to the plot, and not taking much, not making many changes, there's a bit of like a cognitive dissonance where things don't look quite how you pictured in your head, or things aren't did quite. You, did Did you imagine those handcuffs to be so hardcore? Yeah, well, he goes into in the book. He does go into detail about about where he gets <laughs> handcuffs from, and and uh, where does he get them? Where does he get them from? He's got like a police mate or something. Um, <laughs> police and, mate, and they're like, <laughs> of course he has. <laughs> and they're like, oh, he's um, got a uh, I think it's something like that. Or, or he goes into, but they're, like they're men's handcuffs. So she's she's supposed to be able to try and get out a little bit because there's a little bit of give. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. It's I would say like it it kind of brings the question like, what is the purpose of an adaptation? Like, is it supposed to, um, just translate the book to the film medium so perfectly where it's the exact same experience or is it supposed to have a like you know have a bit more of a creative swing to it and its own yeah. take on, on i've, I've on always i've always kind of thought an adaptation doesn't need to be an exact translation yeah i've always thought i always expect to see something new or something elaborated on or something changed yeah, based on yeah. based on whatever the filmmaker is um, but I can understand why certain book adaptations would be completely translated to page because some people just think this is a great story as it is. I just want to bring it to more people, people who would yeah. never read the book, but people who probably watched the film. So to yeah. add, add, so to adapt it in that way, exactly as it is from the page, that's that's obviously doing doing a duty for the for the story and the author and the book. Yeah, but, yeah. But but I think sometimes certain stories are much more open to interpretation. So obviously. Famously, The Shining, which was out, adapted, which I love the book and I love the film, um, but obviously, famously, Stephen King didn't approve of of the book and it is and I'm sorry of the film. Yeah, I'm sure he approved <laughs> yeah. of the book. Yeah, this is shit. Um, and Sa- Published it. <laughs> yeah, this is shit, man. <laughs> yeah. And Stanley and Stanley, it was very much a Stanley Kubrick film, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. But it, it that's the thing. It's a it's a quintessential Stephen King story. But when you watch that film, it's entirely a Kubrick experience. Yeah, yeah. I think it depends on who the filmmaker is who takes on the adaptation. Yeah, yeah. I do feel like um, Mike Flanagan is... I'm trying to figure the best way to describe Mike Flanagan from what I've seen anyway so far. I feel like he's a craftsman <coughs> more than an artist. And I don't want to say that like takes away from any visual flair or any sort of creative choices he makes in this film and, and, and stuff he's made before. But, um, or because I know he writes as well. Like, um, But... Maybe it's something to do with the, like the sort of the lower budget or the way he's sticking completely to the source material. Feels like he's a craftsman. He's like, I know what you mean. Uh, there's less of an auteur sort of thing happening there. And it's a bit more of a, I'm going to make the best thing, the most. I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say. I'm. He's trying to like make the best version of of that for that medium. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. But you probably yeah. you probably do feel like that because you've read the book. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, because yeah. you know that tra- how that translation has happened. Yeah, Whereas me, yeah. I, I, having not read the book, it's, it's obviously hard to make any sort of comparison. But I know what you yeah, mean. Yeah. Between being a craftsman, it's, you know what I mean? It's, I mean? It looks good. It does the job. Um, it <laughs> ticks all the boxes. On the yeah. <laughs> it does what it says on tin. Yeah. But there's, but there's no like... Um, there's, I mean, there is some visual flair in terms of like some of the sequences with the eclipse and the, yeah, the sort of yeah. how sort of like red is used and sort of in some of the dream sequences. Yeah, but I know what you mean. I know what you mean. It's a very cut and dry. Here's a good looking film. I mean, take. Yeah. I believe it. Yeah, I mean, um, so 
I do want to talk about the end. I guess we'll talk about the end in a little bit more when we <coughs> go into it because that's like the sticking point for most people. It, it was it stuck with me a little bit in the book as well. I wasn't quite sure if I really need that that coda, but I'm interested to get your opinion on it. But but let's loop back around when we. Yeah, so Go I'm assuming. Yeah, we'll look, we'll look back around, but I'm assuming this, yeah. the ending in the book, the ending in the film, is the same as in the book. Exactly the same. Yeah, like, exactly the same. Note for note. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Uh, yeah. So uh, the key players in the film we got Carla Gugino as uh, I think that's really pronounced name as Jesse Burlingame, um, Bruce Greenwood as Gerald Burlingame, uh, Chiara Aurelia as a young Jesse, um, and Carol Streakin. I have no idea how to pronounce his name. As um, a Raymond Andrew Joubert, uh, also goes by a different name in the film. We'll talk about that. Uh, but the story, so evo- the story kind of opens. Um, we've got uh, Jesse. It just sets up the film. So we've got Jesse and Gerald. They're on. They're driving to some like remote uh, country house sort of thing next to a lake. Um, they nearly hit a dog. Um, it's starving. It's. It's a pretty big. I didn't think it looked that starving. It looked pretty meaty to me, anyway. Um, yeah, it looked like it's. It, it looked like it's seen some shit, that dog. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it definitely. And ate, definitely and ate it. Yeah, <laughs> and ate it. <laughs> yeah, and then um, uh, so they drive past it. Uh, she says, "Poor dog." They get to the country house. In my head, when I did read the book, I kind of pictured the country house being a little bit more uh, less modern. I guess is what I'm trying to think of. But um, it looked very nice anyway. Gerald obviously has a bit of bank, a bit of dollar. Uh, they uh... Gerald, for some reason, I don't know why, the name Gerald just feel just feels funny to me. I mean, I, I don't want to offend any Geralds out there, but especially yeah. the fact that it's in the title of the film. I don't know why. It just feels a bit... When I'm telling people about this film, and I say it's called Gerald's Game, everyone kind of has the same reaction, which is Gerald. <laughs> <laughs> Gerald. Yeah. And then you think about the name, I think. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not a name, name. Uh, that you really get much in England. No, I do know I do know a Gerald though. Do you? So uh, yeah, he's not going to be listening, so I can say what I want about him. But <laughs> <laughs> he might be. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Gerald. Yeah, Ger. I think he shortened it to Ger, which yeah. never never felt right to me. Ger. It's got to be Jez, right? Like you go Ger, Ger. It was Ger. Okay. He shortened it to Ger. Jezza. Bad Ger. Yeah. Jezza. Um, okay, so yeah, so we also get like the idea that they're not quite happy in their relationship. There's a bit of an intimacy issue. Like Jezza tries to um, uh, stroke her thigh as they're in the car. She like grabs his hand, pulls it away. Um, this is what I do when anyone on the bus tries to touch my thigh. <laughs> touch, grab their <laughs> hand and say, not now. <laughs> you just got to let it happen. <laughs> you can't let it happen. You just got to let it happen. That's, it's just nature. Yeah. So they get to, um, we, we get the idea that they're trying to rekindle the sex life. They get to this um, house and Jezza takes some, pops some pills. He has a bit of Viagra, washes it down with a bit of moist looking water. It looks very refreshing. And also uh, Jessie feeds the dog, which this, this doesn't actually happen in the book, but uh, she, she feeds the dog like some like really expensive uh, Kobe beef or something. It looked quite tasty yeah, to me. Some- some steak which costs like $200 a cut and she's just slinging it about like it's any old shit giving it to a mangy dog yeah he ain't happy about it though no Gerald he covers it it up and he he doesn't go like doesn't blow his load just then like you know what I mean he's like I'll take it out on her when when she can't hit back you know (laughs) yeah $200 a Kobe beef was it (laughs) yeah so then um, 
I think I think we sort of at this point I feel like it's um for the next the first like twenty minutes or so it's just setting up all the game pieces, just getting ready to like knock them all down. It's like mousetrap. <coughs> I mean, yeah, and I, I, I thought they do get down to it pretty quickly. Like, there's yeah. no there's, I mean, no official foreplay. I mean, I guess it's part of the foreplay, but yeah. there's no official like whining no, no and fluff. dining or there's no, no fluff. fluff. It's like basically lay down lay down on the bed. And, <laughs> <laughs> well who could say not in the 70s anymore it wasn't confirmed it wasn't confirmed um so yeah so he pretty much just goes lie down on that bed you've yeah. got a lovely new negligee on that's a word i don't say very often yeah um, you've got a lovely new negligee on and uh, i'm gonna handcuff you to this bed you got say that say that again negligee yeah i like how you say ne- it neglect neglected negligee yeah uh, nighty, so I call it. <laughs> oh, you look bloody lovely, isn't that nighty? You do, <laughs> nighty. Yeah, too much. So she pops on the negligee, and um, and then he uh, Gerald gets out the handcuffs, the heavy duty, uh, office police mate handcuffs, and, and he's he... all, he's all madly in his pants. Yeah, he is. He's also uh, very um, you know, he's got a hot rocking bod. Which yeah. I didn't, I didn't read in the, in the book. Uh, picture, he's got a hot rocket butt. He's kind of bowling, sinu- like a bit of a distended stomach happening. And this is like, I'm a model on the part time, yeah. Yeah, he's <laughs> yeah. like, um, he's got it going on. He's very yeah. sinewy, uh, yeah. very, very large nipples. I don't know. I didn't know that. I didn't notice that either. I noticed one. But he's just got tiny, <laughs> tiny pants on. Yeah, he has got tiny pants on. But even though he's in good shape. And he's popped a bit of Viagra. Yeah. Clearly, clearly, you know, this isn't a good combination. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, something happens. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so he does a little dance out of the... Uh, I don't know. Does he do a dance? I think he might do a dance. I can't remember quite clearly. He did, he did the worm, did, I think. Did the worm. <laughs> he, put, he popped on, like, the Stone Cold entrance music, like, came out of the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> he might as well have, because she was pretty... She might have been feigning that she was in, into it, but like it's, yeah. he could could do or say anything. Yeah. He was obviously giving it the old, uh, giving it the old um, house home invader fantasy, saying, um, "Oh, I just came in and uh, found you yeah. handcuffed here. What are you gonna do when your husband comes back?" And yeah. she ain't into yeah. it. She ain't no. into it. She's a bit like, "Oh, fucking hell, oh, Jesus, yeah, that's weird. Cre- that's creepy." Especially when he tries to get her into Boston Crab. <laughs> this is not what I expected, Gerald. Um, okay, Gerald. Then, <laughs> so then, um, so he ties her up, and then all of a sudden, like she sort of doesn't really like it. She wasn't expecting it to be quite so real. Um, I, I do feel like this this part of the this part of this film, this kind of emotional battle that they're having having here, uh, where Gerald says, "What if I don't? What if I won't untie you? What if I won't take the cuffs off?" I feel like it's what makes this film kind of special and like, or the story kind of special where like a lot of captivity thrillers, there's, there's almost like something quite shallow or in most horror films, the characters are quite shallow, but there's kind of, and this, and also her relationship with her dad, there's some really complex stuff happening. Like, like, uh, it's almost like there's a lot of stuff happening between the, what they're saying to each other, like between the lines even. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, um, in the, uh, so in this, he just says, "What if I won't?" In the book, he says, um, "He he pretends that she has her saying she doesn't like it as part of the game, and yeah. um, she says he's sort of reasoning that's he's going to rape her basically." And uh, 
but anyway, he gets on her, gets, uh, and then what happens? He they need a, you need a, so you need a code word in these situations. They need yeah, to establish a code word from early on. The code yeah. word can be anything. It could be co- Kobe steak. Uh, what do you say, big nips? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, big nips. Why? Thank you. Um, yeah. No, no. I mean, I mean, that's a code word. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Code word. Yeah, yeah. So you should have established that early on, and then there wouldn't have been any faffing because um, clearly it stressed him out. He got all stressed and pent up, and then uh, yeah, he had a bloody heart attack, didn't he? Does he has a heart attack? Um, kind of falls on top of her. She kicks him off, and he cracks it. Cracks one off. I mean his head. And he, and he rolls on, <laughs> rolls off to the bed, rolls off the bed, and crack, cracks his uh, noggin open. And then she yeah. obviously sees the blood. Um, I thought she did. She did pretty. Carla Gagina, Gagina. She did really well at like being in constant despair. Because yeah. I felt like I'm, that must be exhausting as an actress, like just doing all these different scenes and just being like despair, despair, despair. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it didn't, and it didn't annoy me either. Because I think it, sometimes when, it, when it never seemed are... ludicrous, it never seemed ludicrous. Like uh, it never felt like oh she's acting. You know what I mean? Like it, it felt like a, a really well put together performance. Right. So Gerald pops his clogs and he he falls over, cracks his head. We see some blood pouring out. It's this is the setup now. So now we're kind of settling into the rest of the film. We know that uh, Jessie is kind of stuck. Settling into a nice relaxing film. She's fucked, but she, she wasn't fucked. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's no, no, no one wants to be left like that. No, <laughs> no one wants to be left like that. No. She's fucked. So she's basically stuck. She's handcuffed to the bedposts. She can't like, lift, the, lift the handcuffs off. She can't like pull her hand out. Um, she these handcuffs are they're, they're doing their job really well. She, yeah. And as far as and the phone is like too far away, even though she she was she knows that isn't it off or the batteries run out. Batteries um, out there's yeah. no one there's there's no one around for miles. So no matter how loud she sh- shouts, no one's gonna go. Oh, someone's handcuffed to a bed. I better go and see if they're all right. Yeah, that's not gonna happen. So she's pretty much screwed. She needs to find a way of a surviving until somebody. Arrives, her. yeah. Some, I mean, it's pretty. It's pretty loose that someone might find her. Like the, a maid has already come and cleaned up like yesterday, so she won't be back for a while. Yeah, well, Gerald, other, Gerald two, says that he, he's arranged it so no one will come and disturb them for however long. I mean, that's 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 nice of him, really. Isn't it? It's a really good situation for like a like a thriller. It's a really good idea, uh, especially when um, the next part where uh, the, so the door they left the door <laughs> unlocked and the dog that she fed earlier wanders in and it's like oh sweet or you can go get help lassie go sort of yeah help get some help for me and then the dog's like super hungry <laughs> just starts lapping at gerald's blood and then like um this is this is a really well way it's just like starts peeling bits off of gerald and uh yeah you don't know what he's what what's happened like what because you can't see the body it's kind of obscured by the end of the bed so it's kind of left to the imagination a little bit of like what what the dog is actually doing to the body Kills a bit of the body off and then goes and sits down and chews on it. Just... Yeah, there was a really good bit where he's like the dog is like pulling on like a, I don't know what that whatever they use to make it look like uh, like Gerald <laughs> bits of Gerald. Yeah, but it like had this like weird little loose thread of Gerald tendon and it like kind of pops out of its. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Matt, I feel like it just snaps. It's just, it's really well done. Uh, oh, there was a, a nice little callback to when, um, um, a little bit of foreshadowing when, and Gerald said to the dog earlier in the film that it'd be the best, the Kobe beef would be the best meat he'd eat, ever eat. And, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, it still yeah, is. Nice. It still <laughs> is. It still yeah. is. I can't imagine. Yeah. I can't imagine Gerald being a being any more delicious than a two hundred dollar cut of Kobe beef. But, you know. Yeah, yeah. Especially like just like the fatty bit under his arm. I think he, he sort of munches on. Um, yeah. Okay, so yeah, uh, so this is where the the like when you go into this film or in this, into the this story, you kind of feel like. Well, what I mean, how can he sort of span it out? Like, surely she just gets out, or she doesn't. But then, like, we had like the splitting personalities, sort of hallucinogenic sort of thing happening. So Gerald stands up, quickly realizes that he's actually halluc- um <coughs> like she's hallucinating him. Um, and I don't know what does he say. He says you're trapped, basically. Or, or... he basically just says you're screwed. You're never going to get out. And then it's almost like she's got the angel and the devil one on each shoulder so she's got yeah. gerald who's like the negative force who's the one saying like uh you know they might how loud you're screaming no one's gonna hear you and then we got obviously yeah. uh um, hallucinating a version a version of herself yeah who's kind of the positive the one who's to, kind of trying to nudge her trying to sort of show her that you know she's got everything she needs to escape yeah yeah there in front of her and it's kind of like she's she's the kind of one who nudges the plot plot along by kind of yeah. Showing her showing her certain certain things, um, and also um, Gerald is um, they're kind of like airing a lot of the grievances at, at this point. And although you kind of know it's only it's kind of Jesse talking to herself, they're kind <coughs> of having like a pretty open conversation about their relationship and like where it went wrong and stuff. And it's yeah. kind of like a nice little bit of catharsis for her. Um, at some point, I don't know when it is, um, but they kind of realize that. Um, uh, what, am I, what am I even saying? Uh, they kind of realised that. Um, oh, my mind is completely gone. Um, <laughs> Are you all right? Have you been? Have you been chink, uh, handcuffed to a bed ah, for like a I know few what days? Yeah, I know. I know what point I was kind of making. Okay, so um, they kind of realised that there's a, there's more history to, to. There's something else that happened in the past. I think it's like mm. uh, the other Jesse, the, the the hallucinogenic Jesse, says 
this isn't the first time you've been trapped or or something. And then even even the hallucinogenic version of um, Gerald like is like, what are you talking about? And that's kind of yeah, another yeah. aspect of her personality. So it's kind of weird that she, <clears throat> she sort of separates yeah. herself out like that. Yeah, so it's good. So she's like hallucinating him, but she's hallucinating him as he was. It's not like she's yeah, hallucinating him, yeah. him as part of herself. She's yeah. yeah. So um but yeah, so she's obviously like suppressed something from her past, but it's almost like that suppression is the key to her surviving and escaping because she survived something terrible in the past. So now she's going to be able to survive this because she's already already survived something so terrible that she, that you couldn't fathom, and now she's going to be able to survive this. And then it starts comparing comparing sort of this prison to what she had in her, with her childhood, and then that prison to her marriage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I think um, so at this point, at this point, it starts to jump around a bit. I think we I think there's a there's a moment where she's trying to get like a the glass of water, and then there's a bit of a. 127 hours sort of vibe of her just trying to survive where she manages to get the water off the thing and makes um, the straw out of uh, like a, a tag, like a clothes tag or something. There's all this sort of stuff happening. But then at some point, she um, we go into a bit of a flashback of her as a kid. She um, uh, she is out. I don't know how to describe this bit. I mean, this is probably, I always, when I think about this book and this story, I always think there's going to be two bits that really divide opinions. There's going to be the ending. And there's going to be this really sort of the most horrific part of the film is the uh, the, the moment with a dad on on the lake when during the eclipse. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So. So yeah. So obviously this is just like a flashback to her past when she's there. Sort of a it's, what yeah, like a lake house type thing. Yeah. And her mum and her sisters go out on the lake and she gets left with her dad. And we sort of understand that she's got a good relationship with her dad. That she's a bit of a daddy's girl. And that she kind of like worships him at some point because there's a little bit of tension, yeah. a strange, strange bit of tension between her mother and her. Almost yeah. that her mother is like annoyed that she's so sort that of That she's like, taking her dad's favor or... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she, yeah. It's almost like that. But then because it gets completely undone, because as soon mm. as the eclipse happens, she is sexually abused by her dad. Yeah. Um, and then obviously we understand afterwards um, that he's obviously a very, very manipulative person yeah because he because yeah. he, he like to, in order for her to keep her quiet he kind of like flips it on her head on its head and then co- co- sort of says we're gonna have to yeah. tell your mom about exactly what happened she's gonna be upset about this this and this and kind of yeah. like guilt trips um jesse who's he, he plays that, she in uh 16 or something quite young maybe even younger than that but he plays those cards like so perfectly to set her up to like lock her into her own logic in a way yeah, yeah. So, so she's the one who insists that they keep it a secret. She's the one. So it's not like the sexual abuser, the one who's saying you have to keep this as a secret between us. It's the victim who's yeah. saying that. And obviously, that's. I mean, that is a unique way of of sort of showing it, especially on film, because I think anytime we sort of see that sort of scenario in film, yeah, it's 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 it's, it's done a certain way. But to see it sort of from that view just made him even more despicable. I think because um, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Not just not just the act, but it's obviously the way he treated her afterwards. Obviously, they're trying to make the comparisons between how that happened and then obviously her marriage, the fact yeah. that she married an older man, a man with money. Yeah. Um, and there's also like uh, the visual <clears throat> metaphors keep popping in. So we keep seeing Gerald like he's suddenly wearing this shirt that um that um <coughs> the, the dad was wearing earlier yeah. in, the, in, in life and kind of it's it's really like it's an interesting way to sort of kind of blurred those lines i would say that he is the most evil character her dad is the most evil character in the film 
But then there's also the the Moonlight Man who it like starts to rock up in the middle of the night. Yeah. So, so we understand we, what we think of the Moonlight Man is that she's she's dehydrated, she's exhausted, and that the, initially at this point in the film you think she's hallucinating this Moonlight dude who's like a representation for death. I kind of assumed because he's got like a little bag full of. Trink- What's he got? A bag full of bones, bag of and trink- bones and uh, like jewels and trinkets and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, we because she's hallucinating so much and because she's having so many callbacks to her past, this kind of fits in as being just another, just another hallucination. Yeah, I really like it. So I, I love at this point, like there is an element of is the Moonlight Man real? Is he not? Is it is it just in a mind? Is it <coughs> she hallucinating it? Or I is this? One. Yeah, so you tell me what 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 you think it what do you I think, think at, he this was point, at this point? I just thought I think at this point I was just thinking he's she's hallucinating him and he he's the physical manifestation of of death because Gerald Gerald's sort of ghost or Gerald's the hallucination of Gerald says yeah. that when he comes back he's gonna he's gonna get you yeah and that's gonna yeah. and you kind of think that's that's her fear that she's gonna die handcuffed to this bed manifesting itself as that that's what i kind of thought i didn't so think you, you didn't think any like, supernatural element at, at this point or no no, no i think okay. because because there was so much hallucination throughout yeah. i just thought it was just another thing she was hallucinating well the, the thing uh so the bit in the film that kind of makes me think he's more than just hallucinate like she's making it up is that the dog runs out of the house when it turns up so yeah. in the um in the book they make a bigger point of it uh, where the dog is like you go to the dog's point of view and he's like, there's, there's something here in the house. I need to get out of the house. And it's kind of this other thing. But um, in this, yeah. like the dog, the dog runs out. And I, I kind of thought like, oh, when, when I was watching this, <coughs> in the sto- this part of the story, I was kind of like, I love how like, it, you don't know, like it could just be in a mind. It's a really fucking creepy looking dude in the shadows. Or it yeah. could be some, it could be death, like coming to maybe some sort of demon thing that comes to those who are like trapped in these sort of situations. And, um, she's bordering on on passing on to the next life or whatever, uh, but yes, yeah, it's, it's re- like just so creepy. This is like I think without it, Gerald, Gerald's game would be a great film without this added element of the the Moonlight yeah. Man. But he makes such like a visual, he adds adds such a creepy extra layer to it all. Yeah, oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, um, very odd looking, very odd shaped head. Yeah, uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. He looks um, like a obviously... tumor. Yeah. Yeah, and obviously the represent the, the the sort of red glow of that solar eclipse in his eyes as well. Yeah, yeah. So um, we have a lot of like uh, there's a bit more to and fro in between the past and the hallucinate uh, what she's hallucinating and, and all this stuff. Um, and then there's a bit. There's probably maybe the only jump scare in the film. I think there's maybe two jump scares where it's her as a kid lying on the bed. And then, like, there's like a licking sound. The sound design of this film is pretty great. <laughs> oh there's, yeah, there's like a licking sound, and she looks down, and um, it's like the moonlight manager's licking her feet, and then she wakes up, and it's yeah. the dog uh, in in the yeah. modern in the modern day. But yeah, that that bit freaked that, me hell out. That that was freaky, man. Yeah. Like, yeah, I was definitely like, ooh, yeah, that put the willies up me. Did it? <laughs> okay, it put uh, the willies right up me. Yeah. <laughs> um. So at some point, uh. I think at some point we started to like come towards the end now. I started to get like towards her getting out because I think she's getting cramp in her hands. Like she's like it's just becoming painful. Yeah, she she sleeps at one point and her, her arms are sort of leaning right down on the on the uh, handcuffs and she sort of wakes up and she's like, Arr! 
<laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Um, Which is, it's painful, you know. Cramps painful. Waking yeah. up after you've been handcuffed to a bed all night is not not pleasant. Yeah, yeah. So um, at some point, she um, we we sort of get we realize why she's been thinking back to the past. It's not because of the the sexual abuse, although that has sort of um, this is a bit of a cathartic thought process for her. It's also there's a particular memory that she's trying to think back to or like uh, her subconscious is trying to point you to, is when they're at a dinner table when she's a kid, after the whole thing happened, she gripped onto this glass so tight that it, it crisped and uh, cut her hand. There's loads of blood. And all of a sudden, she suddenly remembers in the modern day, in the present day, holy shit, blood is, um, fresh blood is like, uh, what did you say, slicker than oil or something? It's a very Stephen King about... sort of a little thing that she says. <laughs> yeah, she says the blood is like slicker than oil, so... If yeah. somehow she manages to cut her arm, she's going to be able to slip out of that lovely handcuff. It's yeah. easy, super, super easy, and uh, it won't hurt a bit. Yeah. So, what did you think to this scene? Because I, uh, I struggled to read this bit. Like when I when I was re- reading it on the bus, I kept having to stop and look away. And at the same time, when I watched this, watched this part of the film, I just I just struggled to keep my eyes on it. But even the sound design, which is so yeah, yeah, yeah. so gruesome. This was, I think this was the kind of thing. This was the kind of like there's a few different types of injury which I see like on in film or you know and that really sort of make me cringe i never knew that this made me cringe as much yeah but as soon as this started happening i was really like oh like i could feel it and you know sometimes when like you you oh, witness yeah yeah something you witness something happening on in a, yeah. in a film and then you start to feel like ah my hand like it hurts yeah. it aches yeah. i can imagine i can imagine that happening to my hand yeah it was like that so i mean it was super super effective yeah um I've seen it referred to as the degloving scene, and it, it like so she cuts. It's basically like even that word, man. Yeah, yeah. So even that word like, hooks, the, hooks the like a shard of glass in the shelf. She manages to like cut really. Oh, you know what? Even thinking about it now is good for me because I'm a little bit worried of blood anyway. I, I, I was a bit like, why was she slitting her wrist? Surely she should just like cut her hand, and then she'd have blood all over her hand anyway. Yeah. Why does she need to like slit her wrist? Well, like, I don't know. Pretty, it, it, in, in the Dangerous. book, they talk about how like she 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 needs like a lot of blood for it to, so she needs to cut the vein to um or the artery to get enough blood to do it. But I don't know. I was thinking the same thing. I guess if you cut your hand, it'll bleed, but I don't think it'll bleed quite like it. Oh my god! Even thinking about it, it's going through. <laughs> yeah, right I know. Even thinking but, about it, like I I know I have I was handcuffed to a bed for days, but I don't know if I had the balls to do that. Yeah, I just like get a little bit of glass and like cut my finger and go. Oh well, I tried. The only thing I can like on this too is that scene in 127 hours, and that was really difficult to watch. But I found yeah. this worse. Sound design, but that was the sound design as well. 127 hours that when a certain part of his arm breaks, it's just like yeah. And oh my god, yeah. And in that film, they had the bit where it's like um, there was like a, a weird like buzzing thing as he took as he caught on the vein or or, or like the the nerve. It was, it was so good, yeah. But um, <laughs> if anything, I think people will remember this this scene as being like one of the most horrific things. It's something about the way to what it suggests, the fact that you think you might do it yourself. There's something about it this this slips that's just so memorable and I've, so horrific. I've got quite small hands and dainty wrists, so I think I'd be all right. Like I yeah. reckon I'd be Yeah there. Um <laughs> but yeah, so obviously she pulls her hand out of the handcuffs, yeah. pretty much rips all of her skin off of that particular hand sort dig, of like degloving is like the, the best. She degloves it, yeah. That's yeah. that's the best way to say it. Yeah. It's that she degloves her hand to yeah. get it out. But she does get out. Yeah. But then her but then her hand's obviously a little bit fudged yeah i mean it's, yeah. Mass- it's massively fudged yeah so uh she gets she manages to get out at this point um she wraps her hand up 
she's obviously losing a lot of blood at this point. And she's like, I need to get out of here soon. Wraps her hand up in a couple of sanitary towels. I would even pick, pick that up. Yeah, nice. <laughs> I did, mate. Yeah. I did. I'd recognise them anyway. You know? <laughs> um, so at this point, she's trying to get out of there as soon as possible. I think she faints. Yeah, no, yeah, she faints, and then she she yep. wakes up again, and the dog is like gnawing at gnawing at the degloved hand. Like, oh my god, it's so so horrible. Um, she gets up again, but that that pain sort of wakes her back up. She gets up as she's leaving. She sees the moonlight man again in the uh, in the office room, whatever it is, and she. I think she says he's no. She says to her like she she's not real. He's not real or something, or maybe maybe not. I can't remember. But she gives him a wedding ring anyway. She sort of it's quite a nice. Uh, like she, 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 she shed the handcuffs and now she's she shedding. Proposed, the she proposes. Yeah, I think <laughs> yeah. So they, I think they're married now. I mean that's that's how it ends. Definitely. She gets out, gets in the car. Drives away as soon as possible. Um, and this bit again freaked me the fuck out. And I, I knew it was coming, but like the the way he called the Moonlight Man appears in the back seat of the car. Yeah, we it's all got like the the weird um, red glow of the uh, the the eclipse, and then he just whispers in her ear, just says "mouse." That freaked me out. That like, is so oh, freaky. Yeah. Well, of course, mouse. Obviously, I don't think we mentioned, but was what her dad used to call her when she yeah. was. Uh... When she was young, and during around about the time of the event of, yeah, what what happened. So this is the bit where I think people are, are divided. Where she basically gets that she wakes up. Um, she's got a glove now, like an actual glove for her hand. Um, yeah. And you think that's that could be the film? That could be it. That you could leave it open. But then, and Mike Flanagan has talked about this. He he said um, he understands that this ending isn't particularly loved in the book, but he wanted to. He, if it, it was in the book and he wanted to do it um, exactly as it was in the book. So, I mean, how did you feel about this ending? Um, I was a bit unsure what it meant initially. I was a bit like, what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think I think it told it... Look, it, it didn't go on for too long, which I think it could have suffered from if it did. Yeah. It kind of happened... It felt like uh, an, an end. It felt like an ending. It felt just like a little... What word am I thinking of? Um epilogue or something and ep- yeah yeah Denny Moore, whatever yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. It, felt, it felt it felt like a good a good epilogue which was maybe a little bit confusing but also kind of kind of interesting kind of cool because i think if it just would have been that the moonlight man was a hallucination you mm. know that's just you know what i mean then, then the film ends she escapes but the fact that it turned out he was real and he was actually in the house yeah i mean that's, yeah. i mean that's that, that's extra spooky isn't it just to think he was there now and again i don't know so it I prefer, I kind of, and yeah, so I, I, do, I do like the ending as it is. I'm not like, I don't hate on it or anything. I think it's quite good. So basically, he, he turns out to be a real guy who, um, he's a bit of an Ed Gain sort of character. So he, he cuts cuts people up and uh, keeps their bones and he, he grave digs and grave robs and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then he gets arrested. She goes yeah. to see him in the in the courtroom. I think to prove to herself that, that he is real and... and <sighs> The Moonlight Man wasn't something that she was dreaming up or hallucinating. Whoever this actor was who played the Moonlight Man, it's definitely the giant from Twin Peaks, isn't it? Yeah, it is, yeah. Um, yeah. What's his name? Carol or something. <laughs> I think it's Carol. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's... <laughs> I, I wasn't sure if that dude was still alive. Also, that's the dude who plays, um, what's his name, in Adam's Family. And uh, in Men in Black, he plays an alien. Oh, does he? Yeah. Who am, yeah. I, who am I thinking of in Adam, Adam's Family? Lurch. Lurch. Oh, yeah. yeah. Interesting, yeah. Um, so for me, like I didn't, 
necessarily need that ending because I kind of thought I because the dog leaves the house whenever he arrives, which yeah. is probably more like talks about in the book, and they talk about him being an actual presence in the book. It leaves it kind of like on the borderline of holy shit, but it could have been real. Like, but this yeah, kind of yeah. like this kind of unequivocally just says no, no, he's real. Like he's real. He's a real bloke. Look at him. He's he's getting he's getting weird sent looking, down. Yeah. He's oh. weird looking. Look at his head. Looks yeah. like a Maris Piper potato. He does. <laughs> yeah. It looks like a half pops popcorn kernel. Like uh, <laughs> Like he's not quite been in there just long enough yet. Um Yeah, but like it's good. I think um some people I've seen some real hate for that ending. Like people are like saying how oh, really? the, the last ten minutes like ru- like kind of ruin the entire film. Like I mean it's 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 an oddity. Um it doesn't feel necessarily in keeping with the rest of the film, but it didn't take away too much for me. I kind of, yeah, yeah. I, I kind of, I kind of enjoyed it. I added a sort of extra little interesting layer that was good to sort of think about. I think if the film just ended the way it did, it kind of wouldn't really stick with you, despite the, the despite the degloving scene. Yeah. I don't know if it, yeah. I don't know if it would have stuck with me too much. It wouldn't. I wouldn't be thinking. Well, I wonder what that means. Wonder what this. But yeah. it definitely stuck. It definitely stuck with me with the ending. It had. So yeah. It's a bit weird to have the voiceover just suddenly start in the end. I understand it, but I always feel like that, unless you've got it, <coughs> unless you've got it as a bookend at the start of the film as well, it always seems a little bit yeah, out of nowhere. Maybe, but, it uh, again, that, maybe, maybe it was added because, you know. Yeah. But again, I kind of feel like that's a bit of a Stephen Kingism. Like he likes to have, I want to think of Stand By Me and yeah, like he likes to have the, the voiceover and like uh, Shawshank Redemption. Does that have a voice? Yeah, it does. Yeah. Um, he likes that kind of thing and it's a very him thing to do. But anyway, yeah, so it is what it is. I have some trivia, if you fancy it. It, it is what it is. I'd love a bit of trivia. Hey, you uh, know, what do you think of the soundtrack to this film? Because I can only think of one aspect to it, and the rest of it just kind of melted I, away. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if I remember anything about the soundtrack at all. I just remember the song that's in Guardians of the Galaxy. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um... I don't even. I honestly don't even remember any music being in the in the film. I don't know why. Interesting. But yeah. despite despite your rendition, which was note perfect, may I ask? It was. May, may I say sorry? <laughs> yeah. You ready for the trivia? <laughs> yeah, man. They better be all deep gloving questions. They're, well, they're deep questions. So you, you may struggle. I'll be honest. So because uh, it's a fairly new film, I had to kind of you know go quite deep. So the, f- the first question is. So Gerald's game, true or false? Gerald's game is actually based on a novel <laughs> written by Gerald. Um, it's true. It is true. It's true. Well done. Uh, oh, took some mental cog work there. Okay, uh, number two. Jesse's dad was actually the little boy from ET. True or false? <laughs> what? <laughs> false. No, it's true. Henry what? Thomas played Elliot in E.T. in nice You are winding me up. And then he would later grow up to be uh, a pedophile. Uh, no in way. Film. <laughs> he did as well. Yeah, yeah. You can kind of tell now when you look at him. Yeah. What's his name? Henry Jackson. Henry Thomas. What? <laughs> Henry Thomas. Henry. Da- oh, right. On, on Henry Jackson Thomas. He is as well. That's insane. Yeah. I honestly didn't get that. Not one bit. No, I didn't until I googled it. But yeah, oh yeah. my god, he is—he is growing up to be a. Sorry, Henry Thomas, 
he has grown up to be a creepy looking guy. Yeah, he's not so cute anymore. Okay, um, what is the number three? Um, oh yeah, what is the name of the dog that sieges the cabin? They did mention it in the film, but kind of uh, briefly. What they mentioned the, what they gave the dog a name? Yeah, yeah. Gerald. Uh, Prince. Uh, so they they mentioned it really briefly in the film. Um, there is oh yeah, bit... she, I remember her calling him Prince, but I thought yeah. she was just calling him Prince, as in just like a oh, love right. nickname. She remind yeah. the dog reminded her of of, of Prince. What did, the... By the way, what do you think to all of the Stephen King? Um... Yeah, because someone said Cujo, didn't they? There's Cujo. Get there's out a, of here, Cujo. There's a Dark Tower reference. Like, what was the Dark Tower reference? Um, Gerald at some point said, "Oh." Paths serve the beam, or you know, something, whatever that saying is. Did he? Yeah, there's a few things like that where they just kind of threw him in, and I was like, "All right, chill out. We we know." <laughs> All paths serve the beam. Yeah, yeah. You forgot the face of your father. What? <laughs> um, okay, so number four. What other King book or story takes place during that same eclipse that's featured in the film? Uh, I know this. Oh no. I know it's but I've forgotten it. Tell me. Uh Dolores Claiborne. Claire Claiborne? Claiborne. I've not actually read it. Apparently since, maybe, uh... maybe I didn't know that then. I felt like I knew that, but now you've said it. No, I didn't. Yeah. It's like you wrote the two novels. I think I think he was gonna release them in the in one book or something, but they both became quite big. They're only connected <clears> by that eclipse and they're kind the of like eclipse feminist trilogy. films in, in somewhere or another. Or fe- uh, feminist stories anyway. Okay, so number five, uh, true or false, Gerald's game, the title, was actually referring to his plans after the handcuffed sexy time. He had actually tucked away uh, the game Boggle beneath the bed and was hoping to play it out, play it out after the sexy action. True or false? Because that way, face you're not taking it serious, Ben. Um, boggle. Uh, I, do you know what? I would have gone for true until you said Boggle. Boggle was the thing that made me think, nah, he ain't into Boggle. Yeah, he's taking Viagra and he's he's buff as fuck. He's he's more of a mice trap man. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely, yeah. That actually makes uh, a lot more sense. I'm gonna say false. You're trying to stitch me up. <laughs> that is false. Yeah. So um three out of five. No, two what two out of five. I think that's your lowest lowest yet, dude. How has that happened? Well, I made some stuff up. Having two weeks having two yeah, having two <laughs> yes, weeks. That's off. It. Too frosty. Um, I blame Henry. Thomas for having a face uh, that's grown up. Um, <laughs> yeah. From child to paedophile. The Henry Thomas story. <laughs> in the film. We are saying he's a paedophile in this film. He's not. Uh... He's a paedophile in this film, yeah. He's not a real life paedophile that they've cast. As we, can't, we don't know if he isn't. Well, I mean, I don't want to say yeah. he's definitely not, but he's likely probably, not. <laughs> probably a very hard to detect paedophile. It's, yeah, he's probably not a paedophile. We should, yeah. He might but not he, be. But he might, but he might be. Anyway, uh, you never know, do you? <laughs> I mean, who's to say? Who's to say? If, if he came forward now and said, look, I'm not, we'd be like, prove it. You've... <laughs> innocent until proven innocent. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> Guilty until proven innocent. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, dude, uh, what are you going to rate this film? Oh. oh. I reckon it's fairly, fairly high. I quite enjoyed it. Yeah, uh, now, uh, now when you think of like other good films that we've reviewed on the show, like the 50 best horror movies ever, the reviewing, how does this, you've got to think of how this fits like with those. 
<clears throat> well, we've definitely had psychological horrors and psychological thrillers and stuff that have fit into this. I've fit gone in the list and probably not been as good. So hmm. I probably I'd probably be willing to give it a B. I think B for Bravo, Berold. Berold. All right. Okay. B, for, B for Berold's Bane. Berold's game. Okay, I, I was going to give it a B plus. I just think this is a. Um, I think for those the the Moonlight Man with the the licking of the toes, the degloving scene, <coughs> the whole like concept of this film, I think is it's just a really cool story. I just think it's a good film, and it's um, I don't know. I would have maybe liked to see a bit more. A bit more degloving. A bit. <laughs> I, I too, think too, I got too, too much Yeah, I'd like to see in the sequel. <laughs> Gerald's second game. I like to see both hands game. of gloves. Yeah. Degloving. Whenever you say degloving, I think of McLovin. And I imagine McLovin degloving. Oh, poor guy. Can you? He wouldn't. Hack, he wouldn't hack it. He would not. Hack. In fact, his hands are probably quite, you know, scrawny. Yeah. They're, okay. they're like wigs. They pop right. <laughs> 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 wow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, man. Uh, so uh, next week, I think we are going to get back on the list. Um, I think we're going to be doing this weekly again, right? Is that there? Yeah, yeah. We've only I mean, we've we've only dropped the ball a few times during this. I mean, we're on episode thirty now, so uh, we'll carry on one yeah. a week, one yeah. a week. You know, that's the that's that's the least that's the least we can we yeah, can yeah. give. You know. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, so yeah, next next week we're doing the Omen. Um, it should be fun. I haven't seen that in years. I think. Yeah. I think I saw the Omen three not that long ago and had Sam Neill in it. How many omens are there? Uh, three, I think. Oh, I think there's three. Well, the, I think the world kind of ends in three. So yeah, yeah I think that's pretty. Sure Don't that's the last ruin one. it for me. I'm gonna watch three. <laughs> I'm gonna watch three, then two, then one. Sam Neill, by the way, he's such a good actor. Now, the more I think about it, like he's played loads of cool roles in the Mouth of Madness, um, yeah. Event Horizon, Jurassic played- Park three. Jurassic Park 3. <laughs> Considerably better why? than his role in Jurassic Park. Yeah, why did you go to 3 first? Uh, I don't know. Interesting. I've, just been, I've just been thinking about that film recently. Interesting. I'm, interesting. <laughs> Event Horizon, man. Event Horizon fucked me up when I was a kid. Yeah, me too. That was one of those films that really fucked me up. Yeah, it's so terrifying. And like, that film, I think, got a bad rap at the time. I think maybe yeah. nowadays people are looking back and thinking, oh, it was actually pretty good. It was one of those films I think I was watching. shit out of me. I got sent to bed because I was, I was physically terrified. And it was like, come on, get to bed. Yeah. Bed's the last place I want to be. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was, it, was, it, was, it was absolutely haunting. Like, you know, like the, when you get the videotapes and stuff of what happened to the crew before, I just, yeah. that freaked me out so much. Okay, so yeah, so um, this show is brought to you by Hawk and Cleaver. Head over to hawkandcleaver.com and grab a free book. <laughs> uh, become a patron over at patreon.com forward slash Hawk and Cleaver. Thanks to Kovach Kalman for our theme music. Thanks to ACAS for hosting the show. Thanks to the listeners. If you enjoyed the show, give us a five-star rating review on iTunes. Go over to Facebook and join the Horror Hangout Board of Advisors. Uh, thanks to the listeners again. And thanks to my co-host Ben for being a horror dude. Thank you, Luke. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.